0: So that should be a new rule. When you're up this much, you gotta end it on a three if you need three. All right, what's Little thinking about here? Gaines. Game time. Game time. Game. He's thinking about Gaines. <laughs> the three for Little and it's all over. <laughs> That's what he's thinking about, Game. Game time Game time, baby. One seventy-one fifty. 150, team LeBron with the victory. Welcome, sports fans, to the Shoot Your Thought Podcast with your hosts, Josh Sanger and Neil Rampersod. Hello and welcome to the Shoot Your Thought Podcast. Happy International Women's Day.
1: Big shout out to all the women around there who deserve not just today, but every
0: day. Every single day. Let's not limit it to a day. Uh, the Raptors announced today that um, on March 24th, their entire broadcast team is going to be made up entirely of women, which is amazing. I think they should do that more often. Don't just say you're going to do it on one day. Let's do it all the time because Kia Nurse is kills it every single time since they brought her on this year. Kaper Ness is amazing. Kayla Gray. They're all amazing. Let's give them more airtime. Yes, we got a great show for you guys today. We're gonna to talk about uh, the NBA All Star Weekend that just happened and all the amazing, fun stuff that went along with it. We're gonna talk about the Leafs really just being brought back down to earth by the Vancouver Canucks. We're gonna talk about uh, Premier League, which I'm very excited about. Big weekend this week. Big weekend. We finally get to a segment segment to it uh we're going to talk about the blue jays upcoming
1: season we're going to get you ready for it exciting i haven't really been this excited for a blue jay season in quite some time yeah, you know, the, seriously the kids are coming around but um we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about why i'm we excited. will we will definitely get into it yeah um so the nba
0: all-star kind of we you can't really call it a weekend anymore can you it was just more of a day
1: it NBA, was a night this year it was only on sunday so it was the nba all-star day it was um, a little bit underwhelming, Neil. What do you think? Not a little bit. It was very underwhelming. Very, was, <laughs> yeah. All right, I was, was going to beat the around game, the bush. The little game bit. itself was was entertaining, I will say, but it always
0: is. They yeah. have fun with it, and you know, like CP three was getting in on some dunks, some alley oops. Like Steph Curry dunked at Holy one fuck. point. Like, like I,
1: I, I'm not, I'm not saying, just saying this, Josh, but like I thought that there are better in game dunks than there were in the entire dunk competition dunk contest. I would have to agree with that. Actually,
0: um, it was yeah the dunk contest. You know, it was it was kind of cool. Like I, I'm here for the creative dunks. I'm not here for like you know let's see how high we can get in the dunks. Like I, I don't know. You you're, you come out to the NBA All Star Weekend. You want to see something fun. You want to see something you know uh, that's not never been seen before. And yeah, I agree with you. More better dunks were, happened in the actual game.
1: Before we we get into the actual game itself and these competitions, do you think that the NBA risked too much to pull this off in the middle of a global pandemic?
0: I have said this for a while. I I went on a very heated rant about it. And now you're, you're seeing it in the actual weekend when Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid could not play in the game because, once again, their barber contracted COVID and they were pulled out last minute. And, you know, that gets in the heads of players. Like, LeBron didn't want to be there. Paul George didn't want to be there. Like, all these players are coming out and saying, our heads are not in this. Like, you're like, yeah, we'll go out and we'll give a show. But, like, LeBron didn't play the entire second half of the All-Star game.
1: It's crazy. Yeah, they were piping crowd noise into the arena while they were playing. Yeah, But you could tell, like, there was just something off about this game. Well, number one probably because they crammed it all they crammed all events into one day so they had the skills competition the dunk competition they had the three-point competition and then the game you know and the game yeah sorry they had the dunk competition at halftime so it it was kind of like a halftime show
0: yeah which i get there was no really like downtime there was no like uh you know, halftime reports, it just went straight into the dunk contest, which, which I, I think they should do more often. Um, and you know, NBA all-star games going forward. I think that's the format that they should follow because it keeps it entertaining. But, uh, yeah, no, I I think they did risk too much. I think it's like when your parents schedule you for a play date that you really don't want to go to, but you know, they're like, you're going to have fun. Trust me, you're going to have fun. I, I promise, just once we go there, we'll have fun. And guess what? I didn't have fun. Did not have fun. I did not have <laughs> fun. I mean, like, it's great to see, you know, these players out there uh, showing off their skills. Like, the skills competition was, you know, as fun as a skills competition can be. The three-point contest, it came down to the wire. It, it came down to the unlikely final two of Mike Conley and Steph Curry. And... Steph Curry, you never bet against Steph Curry. He he sunk his his uh, winning three with I think one or two seconds left. So um yeah, it, they were they were entertaining and it, we got to see, you know, Steph Curry and LeBron on the same team for the first time in an All-Star game. So I, I you know, that was fun, but other than that, you can tell the players weren't in into it, invested in it.
1: Yeah, there was definitely uh this sort of uh, issue of contact tracing with two of the best stars in the game right now with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. This was hanging over all their heads, right? Yeah. So they're basically saying, okay, there's a contact tracing error here. You know, like your barber had an issue with his contact tracing. So kudos to the NBA for catching this before it becomes, you know, something something bigger happened where all of these stars got it. Exactly. And that would be horrible in the worst case scenario kudos to the players as well for reaching out and saying hey like our barber has contact tracing error and also you know like for for admitting that and now having to force themselves to take time off from their actual team i know this is just an exhibition game but now they're going to be forced to, to miss upwards of of 10 to 14 days yeah, from this exactly, you know? with, so, with contact racing and COVID protocol with all of this hanging over the players heads you could tell that there was some sense of you, there wasn't as much fun as there usually is no there was some smiles here and there but
0: yeah no it definitely wasn't as fun even even when the players were you know accepting the awards like when Giannis got the MVP or when uh Simons won the dunk contest there was not really like a celebration and that may just be because there were no fans there but
1: I, I definitely think that there was something else to it. Do you know, there were a couple of things that I, I did enjoy from this entire, you know, day of festivities. Mm-hmm. Number one was Steph Curry winning a three-point competition. Yeah. I thought I thought that was great. You know, just him coming back this year and still playing at that MVP level that we've seen for so long and, and him just raining three after three. and oh, yeah. You know, putting up 30 points in the first round, you know it was it was mesmerizing, and you know Reggie Miller told this little story during the the um, the three point competition, saying that Steph Curry went into the locker room with the other guys during this competition, looked at all of them, and basically said, "Okay, guys, who's finishing second today?" <laughs> and I thought that was so gangster. Yeah. Like, yeah. He, uh, even yeah, the commentators
0: were saying that as well. Like everyone's just playing for second in this competition. And yeah, like you said, for him to come back from injury yeah. and still play like that, like it was, yeah, I, I remember I was at work last night watching this game on the TV and, or watching the competition on the TV and people were coming up to me and saying, do you want to make a bet on who's going to win this three point contest? And they're like, I'm going to bet Steph Curry. What's your bet? Like, I'm never going to bet against Steph Curry in a three-point contest. Yeah. That's just not smart. And so, luckily, I didn't because... It's like betting
1: against Tom Brady in the playoffs. Uh, <laughs> you,
0: it's too soon. Too it has not healed yet, Neil. Oh, well, you know, You're bringing to, it up too soon. I had to soon. bring it up. Uh, but anyways, yes, this uh, Steph Curry just showed out as he does. He's the best shooter that's ever entered the nba in my opinion he's literally changed the way the nba yeah. has played
1: reggie so. miller called him the best shooter of all time last night and deservingly so you know he yeah. he was pulling up from mid-court yeah knocking him down i was also surprised with uh sabonis yeah winning the skills competition out dueling guys like Doncic. Yeah, Vucevic, you know, yeah. Vucevic. He, uh, he,
0: I don't think, well, he might have missed a, a three in the final of, of the skills competition, but he was just
1: knocking down those threes like he, he does it in his sleep. Well, not like bullet passes, hitting the bullseye with one pass, you know, layups or layups, and then just drilling a three. You know, for a big man, for a center, power forward center that he plays, Yeah, he has handles. He yep. does. And he, I he jokingly showed said to you last night that he's a better point guard than Luka Doncic when he beat him head-to-head in that skills competition. Oh, I
0: can I can never tell these <laughs> hot takes of yours because you, you say these things sometimes just to get a rise out of me, but sometimes I'm not sure.
1: Are you serious or not? I don't know. Is he a better point guard than Luka Doncic? I don't know. Remains to be seen. But one thing is for sure, he is a skills competition champion he over is. Luka Doncic, so For one day. For one day. He is a better player. Okay, fine. I'll
0: let you have that one. Uh, Speaking of uh, the three points competition and draining them from deep, talk about that Dame Dala ending of the game half-court shot to seal the victory and him just walking away and pointing to his watch, the watch that he wasn't wearing, and saying... Guess what time it is? That was
1: the biggest pile of bullshit that I. Oh my god! A long <laughs> Come time. on, this is another one of those times you're just hanging to get Kate, a rise out of me. First off, first off, Team LeBron was just a cheat code the entire night.
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah, they they had it in the bag the whole the whole time. Team
1: LeBron had Giannis, Steph Curry, Dame Dalla. That's all you need. Just Dame Dala. You know, just That's those it. three. That's all you need. Jokic, you know, like they they were just stacked not yep. to mention LeBron James you know like they not to
0: mention Durant was not playing in this game
1: exactly like they they it was just you know the drafting was was done really well by LeBron James yeah. but you know they had size they had they had everything not to mention Giannis went off we'll get to Giannis in a sec but you know Damian Lillard pulled up and we were seeing half court shots like that all day long everyone was shooting from half.
0: yeah that's the thing about the all-star game is that you can try anything you want want, right
1: do a full court full court shot if you want of course of course
0: you know like like i said before chris paul was hitting an alley oop like steph curry went out for a dunk like that's just like the game that it was and that's that's the one of the great things about the all-star game is that people that's why people watch it is for these players to go out and have fun and you know kind of do whatever whatever it is they want.
1: Yeah, the whole purpose of of this weekend is to have fun and showcase their talent, you know, like in one in all in one, you know, and and you rarely get to see, you know, a head to head battle. But one of my favorite moments of this game was watching Jalen Brown against Tatum. Yeah. They were guarding Because they're on opposite sides. And then you saw a hard foul by Tatum on Brown, which Mm -hmm. I loved. And they actually called a foul in the fucking game. In the All Star Game, which oh, you yeah. never see free throws, oh yeah, oh yeah, you saw free throws in the in the All Star Game, which is nuts. So, you know, overall, should they have had this game can be debated for a long time. But at the end of the day, this is all done for charity. Yeah. Even in a, in a global pandemic, you know, this is all for a greater cause. We had mixed emotions, mixed uh, w- between players wanting to play and not wanting to play. At the end of the day, we got it done. We got through it, and. We're on to the second half of the season. Yeah, now off to the trade deadline, March, March twenty trade deadline.
0: Let's move on to the Maple Leafs
1: coming back down to earth. Yeah, they lost twice this week to the Vancouver Canucks, both times to Demko, goalie standing on his head to Demko. Yeah, Holtby
0: really, uh, he's he's really solidified himself as the worst goalie in Vancouver, and he's really not getting uh, the the attention he thought he would going into Vancouver.
1: Just doesn't seem like a right fit, you know. Like they coming into the season, the Canucks thought um, Demko was the future goalie that they had, and then they went out and they signed Holtby. I don't know why they signed Holtby if they if they committed to to Demko, especially trading away Markstrom. Yeah. A couple years ago, who was known to be the future. Now, you know, bringing in a guy like Holtby who has been stellar in the past for Washington, you know, it just he doesn't have it anymore not this year
0: he doesn't um and you know you can tell he feels frustrated when he does go out there because he's you know he's getting those bad breaks um but yeah i think he this is definitely not the situation he wanted to coming over to vancouver you know coming in playing for a canadian team which is maybe something he wanted to do to to finish off his career but um Yeah, no, it remains to be seen whether or not he's going to have an actual impact on this team going forward. But uh, the Leafs facing the Canucks this week, it it was quite the switch from them playing the Oilers and, you know, just completely dominating them, beating them 13-1 over a three-game series. And then coming into this two-game series against Vancouver, just completely just shut down. I mean, the, the, these games are going to happen for the Leafs going forward. And this is how, you know, the Leafs can get better. This is what Sheldon Keefe needs in order to, you know, change up his lines and see what works. But yeah, no, this is the way you learn. This is the way, you know, you can't win them all, as they say. And this is what my dad always used to tell me growing up playing hockey is that you want to get those, those losses out of the way. You, you don't want to win every game because you can't become a better team by just continuing to win.
1: Yeah, the Leafs, in their latest game, they had a 2-1 lead going into the third, and they just they blew it in the third. Um, that doesn't sound like the Leafs. If if the last two games are any sort of semblance of what the Leafs should do here at the trade deadline coming up, is they need to, like I mentioned before, they need to bolster their defense. Yeah, we talked you about know? it last week,
0: perhaps giving up draft picks.
1: Their offense is great. You know, uh, Anderson had 27 saves in that last game. The Leafs had 39 shots. They you know, they they controlled play that game yeah. against the Canucks. It wasn't that they lost to the Canucks. They just beat themselves. They couldn't put the puck in the net. This is why I have an emphasis on defense. Your defense needs to come through and your offense doesn't. You're going to have millions and millions of dollars tied up to, to the best offensive players in the league, but if your defense isn't stopping the other team's offense from putting the puck in the net, it shouldn't just be up to Anderson every night your defense needs to bail your goalie out as well. I agree. I know?
0: agree. And it must be frustrating for Anderson coming into this series after watching you know Hutchison and Jack Campbell do so well in the Edmonton Oilers three-game series and then having yeah. to come in here and your team just not playing the same way they did against Edmonton in front of you. And I know that's been you know a frustration of his in the past, but yeah, no, I th- I agree with you. They need to they need to go out and I think get a bigger uh, bigger name on the
1: defense. I've also seen the Leafs tied to Columbus Blue Jackets captain, Felino. I have seen and that. Did you see that? And like with with them potentially in return sending Rasmus Sandin, you know their stud blue liner who's right now just getting his reps in in the AHL.
0: Yeah, but we, when, we, when we signed and when we drafted Sandine, we drafted him as the future blue liner on the Leafs. And-
1: ju- you know, I, I, I don't agree with them giving up Lilligren or Sandine. No. Any of these young guys coming up in the system right now who are just developing for a rental, you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't make any sense for me. You, you are getting, you know, like leadership – you're getting a solid two-way player, gritty veteran. He's a proven leader. That's that's what you get with Foligno, right? But, like, for you to sell the farm to do that yeah. for one year at $5.5 million a year? See, see,
0: that's the thing about the Leafs is that, remember all those years ago when, when Shanahan come in, came in and, you know, we talked about the Shannon plan. We talked about, you know, when Babcock Shana came plan, in. Yeah. And we, uh, you know, we we mapped out this eight year plan where we were going to win the cup in, you know, year six or year seven. Um, are, are we deciding at this point where we 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 don't want to bring up these, these farm team players and we want to just go for the win now. Cause that might be what's happening here is that Dubas and Shanahan are just deciding, like they're looking at the team that we have now and why not go for it this year? Why have to wait until, you know, we can develop Sandine and Lilligren the next year or the year after that? Why not go for it this year? Like, this is a team. We're first in the NHL right now. We're destroying, like, you know, minus this uh, Vancouver series. We're destroying the North Division. So, like, do we go for it now? And that might be what they're looking at with this uh, Nick Foligno trade.
1: If you're going to do that, you might as well trade for someone like Taylor Hall. You know, if you're going to acquire more <laughs> forward, depth, free him from Buffalo, free. Him. Everyone needs to be freed from Buffalo right oh, now. It's a, it's a fucking dumpster fire in they Buffalo so right now. Oh, bad. They can't get it figured yeah, out. I love it. Jack Eichel only has two goals this year. Yeah. You know, and like and there's s- talks, there's, there's a rumor swirling that they're accepting calls for trades on him right now. Yeah. That doesn't mean they're going to trade him means that they're accepting calls because teams are interested because they know it's an absolute gong show in in sorry, in Buffalo right now.
0: I think it's time for Buffalo to just, you know,
1: throw in the towel
0: and start another rebuild. Cause you know, they we they I think they started a rebuild twice in the last five years, but it's just not working out for them.
1: They looked promising last year and then they signed it baffled me that Taylor Hall signed there. He's from yeah. Toronto. He spends a lot of his summers here in Toronto but me personally, I think if the Leafs are going to go out and really make a splash, Taylor Hall signed a one-year, $8 million deal this summer. Why not go out and, you know, use him as a rental and really solidify that really top six? For, but I don't know if the
0: Leafs can fit that contract into the— I mean, like, maybe if Buffalo retains some of it. But, you know, if, if we were to take him on for this year even, I don't think the Leafs can take on that contract. It's just way too expensive. $8 million for a player that's playing the way Taylor Hall is
1: and has been for the last few years? Like, are you kidding me? If we deal a prospect back, I'm sure Buffalo can retain some of that salary. Well, they would have to. You know, Dubas can swing it. If if they really want it, then they can swing it. You just got to, you
0: know, Dubas will just make them look into his eyes and use maybe a smolder or two, and he'll get it done. I believe in Kyle Dubas. I believe in... What he's done for this team, and I have all my faith in him.
1: You know, if they, if they, for the, if for any other reason than the fact that that they'd have four first overall picks on their team. Yeah. You know, they'd have, that's, that should be the only reason that they should do this deal. They, albeit, you know, they'd have have Joe Thornton, who's old as fuck. I keep forgetting that Joe Thornton was, he went first overall, like in 1997.
0: Yeah, where did Spezza go? Because Spezza, I'm pretty sure, was either second or
1: third. He, he, he might have been, but he wasn't first. He wasn't first overall. He wasn't overall.
0: first. No, I'm going to look this up right now.
1: So you have Joe Thorne, you have John Tavares, who went first overall, Austin Matthews, and then, you know, you, you, you're you going to want to add Taylor Hall. Yeah. Where did Spezza go? He was drafted second. You know who
0: was drafted before him in 2001? Can you Can you make a guess who went first overall in 2001?
1: 2001, are they still in the league?
0: He was drafted by a team that's no longer in the league, and he himself as a player is also no longer in the league.
1: In 2001, is it Danny Heatley?
0: It is not, no. It's Ilya Kovalchuk.
1: Oh, so close. <laughs> yeah,
0: he was drafted by the Atlanta Thrashers. Yeah, yeah that was... Uh, but yeah, no, Jason Setsa was drafted second, so close enough to first.
1: Yeah.
0: But yeah, if they bring over Taylor Hall, it, it's it would look good on paper, um, I, I think Taylor Hall would, you know, finally maybe break out of his shell. We, we saw this, this past weekend, Taylor Hall would have had a breakaway, but he tripped. He, he did a Daniel Jones where he tripped when there was no one around him. So um, I, I definitely don't ran think. Right into the invisible wall. The invisible wall. I definitely don't think he's happy in Buffalo. I don't think anyone is happy in Buffalo. And people that live in
1: Buffalo aren't happy. In people Buffalo. that
0: live in Buffalo aren't happy. They're happy when other teams come to play there so they can cheer on those It's like they,
1: they went to the border to try and get to Toronto and got rejected. And they're like, all right, we might as well settle here. Let's just set, set up camp here. Yeah, that's yeah. The <laughs> They got a great casino in that's Buffalo, though. You know, I don't really think anyone else has anything to do in Buffalo. Though. Yeah,
0: they got a good uh, NFL fan base, too, which is mostly yeah. made up of people from Toronto. But that's neither here nor there. All right, let's move on to something I've been excited to talk about since we started this podcast, the Premier League. Uh, It's been a crazy season. That's why I love the Premier League is that anything can happen. Anyone can win at any time. Uh, One of the crazier seasons in recent memory is when Leicester came up and just completely dominated the league and one
1: that storybook season.
0: Yeah, that was the 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 Zero year where Euro. everyone else was cheering for Leicester. I'm a United fan and I was I'm a Manchester United fan and I was cheering for Leicester to win that year because it was just insane. But that yeah, that's why I love this league uh, above any other league in Europe or the world is that anyone can win at any time. And we saw that this weekend when yeah. Liverpool, the reigning champions, just are falling off a cliff right now. They lost to Fulham. And you know, taking nothing away from Fulham because Fulham have beaten some heavyweights they, they can't get it done against you know bottom of the league teams but they've beaten some heavyweights this season so uh taking nothing away from them but liverpool man just
1: yeah fulham is fighting for their life right now you know like they've they've beaten leicester they've drawn with with liverpool already yeah they've they've beaten some teams you know and and one thing that they're really good at doing is playing to their opponent right now you know if they're playing sheffield they'll probably lose because Sheffield sucks yeah if they're playing United they'll play at a high level they surprise a lot of people when there are zero expectations they still may very well get relegated they're right which now, would be a shame you get relegated in the
0: same season you beat the former champions like that's 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 what the Premier League is that's like anything can happen
1: yeah right now they're tied with Brighton at 26 points. Although they they have played one more game. But they are at the top of that bottom three to be relegated in the the league. City right now. You want to talk a little bit about City? Unfortunately, yes, I think we have to if we're going to talk about the Premier
0: League. um, I, I think the title race has been wrapped up already. I think they're a little bit out of reach. But let's talk about the Manchester Derby this weekend. Because no matter how many points city is ahead of everyone else manchester will always be red and that's what we've proved this weekend um but yeah no the 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 title race i think is over um there's still a bit to go in the season but the way city has been playing right now um, i don't think there anyone can catch them uh so basically it's going to be what the top four is going to look like what champions league next season is going to look like Neil, what does your top four look like at the end of this Premier League season? What's the top four going to be?
1: Right now, with Liverpool losing again, they they have one win in their last five games. They're not in the top four. You know, they're sitting at 43 points through 28 games. Which is just crazy to me. Right like, now. The level they were playing at last season, they dominated. You want to know something really interesting is, is how much as You're long right. as it's
0: slander against Liverpool.
1: It's slander against Liverpool. They okay. they're having some baffling scoring woes right now and they keep finding ways to hit new historic lows during this run of their their home their brutal home stretch. Lay it on me. Let's hear it. Some of the figures like it, it's it's crazy, but I was looking this up earlier today and in 2019, Liverpool Liverpool scored 73 more goals than Ashley Barnes did at Anfield. Mhm. You know they, they scored seventy three goals. Ashley Barnes scored zero. In two thousand twenty one, this year, Liverpool and Ashley Barnes have scored the same number of goals at Anfield. They both have one. <laughs> oh man! You know that that's it, it's it's insane. I love that. It's insane. They yeah. both have scored one goal, and I thought I actually laughed out loud when I saw that. You know, they're obviously their first move. You know, like after this tough season. Even though their offense can't get going and that's a shame with how much offensive firepower that team has, who do you think the scapegoat's gonna be? I think Jurgen Klopp. Who do you Klopp. think's to blame? I think Jurgen Klopp. He's done, yeah. Klopp's done. And I was before we started this podcast, I told you I'm like, I have a good idea of who the next who the heir apparent is okay. to Klopp. Okay. Is and this gonna is this gonna take part like right
0: now or are they gonna wait till the end of the season?
1: That's I, mean. I think I personally think they should wait until the end of the season because this season's a wash anyways. But, you know, yeah. if they if they made this move tomorrow I wouldn't be upset, you know, but Steven I mean, Steven Gerrard should oh. be should be the next bench boss. Really? For the Red Shirts, yeah, for Liverpool.
0: Now, did you like did you hear this anywhere or is this like coming straight from Neil's head?
1: a little bit of both. You know, obviously he makes a lot of sense. He was off right, you know, like after his time in LA, he was offered a a managerial position and he turned it down saying he wasn't ready. Yeah. Now that was he... 3 or 4 years ago. And you know, he's he's been coaching right now in Scotland. Yeah. And like he led the the Rangers there mm-hmm. to the Premiership title over there. Yep.
0: That that just happened he,
1: uh, recently actually. Just happened recently. Yeah. He did that. So he was he was the manager that is his test that he needed. Now I'm not saying we've seen a lot okay. of a lot of players go into these coaching roles and not do success, like have any success. Frank Lampard this season, exactly like Frank Lampard. We've also seen other former players go right in and have immediate success. Zinedine Zidane, you know, at Madrid, like not that's not the prem, but like that's the same t- type yeah, of movement, yeah. right? Now Gerard has had his first test. He's taken a team to the championship. He knows how to how to run a team now. He knows his lines. He knows he has he has experience under his belt. If they're gonna make a move, it should be for Steven Gerrard. All right. That's my little that's, that's my two cents. That's a hot take.
0: Um I, I can I can definitely see it happening, especially, you know, with what uh Stevie G has just done over in Scotland. I think um yeah, no, I, I think Jurgen Klopp knows that he, his time is done there. I think he he he, you know, he's a very good guy. I think he might have even been texting TVG saying, <laughs> "This is what I'm gonna leave you, keeping your seat warm here." <laughs> yeah, keeping your seat warm. Um, but yeah, it's I, I can see it happening. Uh, the only thing that that would you know make lead me to believe that it's not gonna happen is what happened with Frank Lampard this season with Chelsea. I think I personally think they let him go way too soon. I mean, there's still a top four team. I think you know, let him ride it out a little bit longer. He he's been such a legend at that club for so long. He's one of the greatest players to ever play in the Premier League. Um, so I think you should have given him a little bit more time. Uh, Solskjaer, we we're giving we ended up giving him more time when he was on the hot seat for a long time, and we're now second in the league. So. I I mean, I I gotta stop being biased with this. Yeah, the
1: the entire you saying we, you know, just a little backstory. Josh (laughs) is a huge United fan. Yes, yes, I gotta. (laughs) He's turning red right now on purpose, just so you know, just to prove the fact that he bleeds red. Just because I don't have a jersey on
0: right now, I need to show you my my uh, support. Yeah, Yeah. no, Um, I am a Manchester United fan. I have probably. 11 Manchester United jerseys in my closet as we speak. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I will I will actively
1: stop referring to them as as we. Sorry, right. you can Manchester be biased. Fans. You know, we do whatever we want on this show. It's our show. It's true. But um, <laughs> it's true. It's very true. We can call it the Manchester United fan base podcast if we want to. You know?
0: This just in. We are now the <laughs> Manchester United fan base podcast. Yeah, no, um, this season, it, it's... It's it's crazy. Every and anything can happen. Arsenal is sitting at tenth right now, which is you know I love to see it. Um, Tottenham, Liverpool, they're all still sitting outside the top five. It's going to be a crazy finish, and I'm excited to talk about the rest of it as it goes on.
1: Yeah, you know, there's the the top four in my opinion cemented with Leicester, Chelsea, United, and City. Yeah, those are the four I think will that will go through to Champions League next year. You know, I, I really thought we'd see more out of Liverpool and Tottenham this year, but you know, Tottenham's reeled off three straight wins, but Liverpool is struggling right now.
0: They really are. I this don't think game. Liverpool finishes within the top five. I do, however, however, think is going to fall in the standings, and I think Tottenham's going to join the top four. That's my that's my take. It's going to be. think s- to-
1: well? There's there's about ten games left. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's going to be City, United, Chelsea, Tottenham tottenham's five points out um with a, with a game in hand i mean it's it's doable but if chelsea continues the run that they're on right now chelsea then... will be in top four they will i yeah. think who do you think falls out lester you think Leicester falls out Leicester. Okay. yeah i think they do
0: um i love Leicester. i love watching them play i love watching them be bigger teams but yeah i think they fall out they're just too inconsistent absolutely should we move on neil
1: Let's move on. Give the people what they want. Why they came here today. The
0: meats of this show to what we posted about on our story. Let's talk Blue Jays. We got an exciting season coming up. We're, We're in spring training right now. We're watching this team do what they are going to be doing in the regular season. We're coming up on April 1st, which is going to be opening day. And the Jays have the first game of the season which uh, I'm very excited for. Let's let's talk this lineup new.
1: Yeah, I mean, coming into this season, without any signings over the offseason, the Blue Jays already had a terrorizing offensive unit. They did. You know, One of it, the youngest teams in the league. They are. One of their, their, their core is getting a year older now. They've had another offseason to develop. You saw Vladdy. You know, take some strides. He he gave himself a strict workout plan, a strict diet over over the the winter. He was still playing winter ball. Mm -hmm. We see some great things from him. Now will that translate into a full like season that we've expected over the first couple of seasons that he's had in the MLB? Yeah, he really he really wants that third base position. He He, yeah. he He really wants it. He may get it. He's been the most hyped prospect coming out of you know minor leagues in a very long time and it hasn't translated to the mlb yet yeah you know it, we've it really seen, hasn't it, we've we've seen guys like tatis really take off on his like jump from AAA to to the major leagues yeah we haven't seen that yet from bladdy but then you, you, yeah i mean like you see spurts of it right like you
0: saw him in the all-star weekend what last year or the year before that when you know the home run competition yeah like he killed it he went out there and like did what he did best but it just yeah like you said it just hasn't been translating to games uh they released the top 100 uh current players in the mlb recently uh george springer was in it Semyon was in it Bo Bichette was in it but vladdy was not and i think he's uh he's going to take that personally coming into this season
1: yeah from top to bottom the lineup looks stacked you know they, oh, they, there's talks about george springer hitting leadoff, and i like that a lot Yeah. Um, You know, like Bo Bichette would look great on on top of this lineup. But having a veteran and, you know, someone who's hit leadoff like George Springer before to set the table.
0: Having that confidence, having that, you know, that leadership going in there and starting a
1: game off is, yeah, they need that. You know, having the most at-bats. George Springer, it's what they signed him for, right? Like they signed him for to be an MVP-type player. So, you know, I think Springer is going to start this lineup off. Beau Bichette probably hitting second. You think so? Yeah, yeah. I, maybe not at the start of
0: the season, but I think Beau Bichette will will work his way into wherever he wants to be in the lineup. Essentially, yeah. like he, he's going to finish with like a a three twenty five batting average.
1: Yeah, then you're going to have your 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 big power hitters, and like one of the surprise sightings that I think here is at number three is Marcus Simeon. It was one of the surprise signings that I thought the Blue Jays made. I I wasn't expecting that at all. No, I
0: wasn't either. It really came out of nowhere. And it happened after the George Springer signing as well. So it kind of like fell off into, you know, uh, the shadows of the newsworthy George Springer signing, but yeah, we're we're going to see we're going to see a lot from Simeon. I, I think he he offers a lot to this infield. And yeah. it's he, he
1: plays a crucial position as well, you know, he can play a little bit of everywhere, but his natural position is second base. Mhm. And I think, you know, that the reasoning behind this signing is to have the flexibility. They were looking for a third baseman this offseason. They couldn't find it. So they went out and they signed a second baseman. And what this does, it gives them the opportunity to shift Biggio from second over to third Mm -hmm. and potentially have him split third with Guerrero. Yeah. But fuck, if he cannot, if they have Vlad playing third. And he can't figure it out they have options
0: they do have options and I think that's what they wanted to accomplish in this offseason and I think they did they did that you know they they can move around this rotation they can move around their infield they can move around their outfield they got people that you know they they have faith in which
1: is really good they still have guys like Rowdy Telez who who can you know play first who can split time at first with Vladdy but in the For the first time in a long time, this actually gives the Blue Jays a lot of versatility. A lot of different lineups that they can put out, depending on matchups. It really, like, whatever game plan they have going into a game, Charlie Montoya has more starting caliber position players this year than he has ever. Yeah. You know, so this is a deep team. Let's not forget, they still have Randall Grichuk, who's likely to, to be the fourth outfielder and come off the bench. Teoscar, in my opinion, last year Teoscar should have been in the MVP talk. You know what I mean? He had a breakout season last year. I think he he's probably going to be batting cleanup this year, with with that raw power that he's shown. You know, we've seen some power from Grichik in the past as well. Mm-hmm. That's why I was, you know, like remember in this this off season when there was a rumor. That we were signing Michael Brantley as well as George Springer. Right after the George Springer signing, yeah. I was very confused when I heard that because of how deep this out, this outfield is. Mm-hmm. And like having George Springer, Teoscar Hernandez, Guriel Jr., let's not forget about him. Yep. Who's gonna be a rock in left field. He's gonna be left field, yeah. You know, this signing of George Springer actually lets these outfielders play their natural positions. They don't have to actually play out of position. But they have four starting caliber outfielders and what that does is if one goes down with injury they're still set i agree i agree now looking at the pitching
0: is there is there room for them to go out and still find someone else before the start of the season or do you think they're done making moves
1: uh i i think they have they have a lot of guys coming up in in the system you know what we should expect to see this year is we have ryu as our number one as these our ace. He's
0: our ace, for sure. For sure.
1: You know, there was there was talks about them potentially going after Bauer and then moving Ryu down to more of a number two. I really thought they were going to sign Bauer. I think they're still missing an ace. You know, they're still missing a number one. Uh, so you're going to have probably Ryu start off game one. Game two, you're probably going to see Robbie Ray, mm-hmm. who had a brutal ERA last year. But he, he showed flashes with the Blue Jays when they acquired him. Mm-hmm. From the diamondbacks i mean even even ryu had had a poor
0: postseason last season i mean like we can't really judge this team on their postseason but he had a really bad outing and that's what a lot of people watched and so yeah he's got something to prove as well but uh yeah no robbie ray also nate pearson is is one of the best projected players coming into this season
1: he is yeah and and you know i've very little expectations for Pearson this year, though I am very excited to see what he can do in an actual full season. Now, he had some injury concerns last year. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know if he's going to be slotted in. He's still coming off uh a, like an, a recovery from an injury right now. Yeah, he came in pretty late to the season last season. But they they did yeah. bring him in. They tried him out. And he looked really good. You know, he's actually um, – there's you can actually bet on him – in terms of, like, him winning the Cy Young this year. He's actually on the ballot. Really? So you can, yeah, I mean, like,
0: so you know, he knows? can put up.
1: Anything he, can happen. He has an arsenal behind him. He can put up a huge season. I mean, given that he's healthy, right? His health is the biggest concern here.
0: Yeah, and that, that, I think that goes for, for all of our pitchers, right? Um, yeah. We we do have a deep bullpen, but we don't want to start bringing bullpen pitchers into the starting
1: rotation. We, we shouldn't feel like we have to yet. Yeah, the great thing about the Jays is that they have depth, right? They they acquired Steven Matz this past offseason, you know, from the Mets. They still have guys like Tanner Rourke. You know, guys that can get them six six innings. Ross Stripling is someone that they acquired from L.A. last last year. Mm-hmm. They have these guys who they can just put in and, and, you know, get innings from. And they have one of the best bullpens in the league, right? They They do. just signed Kirby Yates this year. They have a lot of, like, unheralded, like, relievers that they can just throw in there to close these games. I don't think they'll be having to worry very much with this offense behind them. Mm -hmm. But it wouldn't hurt if they acquired a top-caliber starting pitcher. My X factor, I know I didn't talk talk about him in the offense, my X factor going into this season with the Blue Jays is their catcher. Not their starting catcher, Mm -hmm. their backup catcher, who's technically their backup catcher right now. It's Alejandro Kirk. Captain Kirk. Captain Kirk. You know, he we saw him play a little bit when he got called up last season and he was a hitting machine. He kind of reminds me of a of a a catcher version of Bartolo Colon. He <laughs> okay. Just, he literally is okay. is not in shape at all. Watching him run around run around the bases is actually really hilarious, you know, cuz he he moves like a, a turtle's pace. Yeah. Um but the guy can hit and the guy can catch. You know, and, and he, he's, in my opinion, the future. I know Danny Jansen's there right now. And not, not to take anything away from Danny Jansen, but Kirk bats between 300 to 330, you know. For a catcher, that's all you can ask for. Yeah. Just get on base. It's It's been a while since, you know, they
0: had a catcher that could hit. Like, Russell yeah. Martin was hit or miss, but, you know, uh, no pun intended. But, um, yeah, Kirk... They, they they need him to be like an actual hitter and slotting him into this lineup, into this rotation where there's not, I don't think looking at this lineup, I don't think there's someone that's a bad hitter. Like, no. The more I look at this lineup, the more I'm thinking just that they're, they're going to have anyone that can hit at any time.
1: If Kirk is hitting in the ninth spot and he's batting 300 in the ninth spot, if he gets on base one out of every three times. Yeah. And he, like, let's you're just start the rotation just, again. Let's just say that he, he's getting on base one every three times. After him, you're looking at George Springer, Bo Bichette, Marcus Simeon, Teoscar Hernandez, Vladimir Guerrero. You're gonna put him in scoring position. That's a lot of time. that's a lot of opportunities to score right there. Yeah. Right. So that's why I think Alejandro Kirk is the X factor of this Blue Jay season. If you if you're in a fantasy league out there and you're drafting. Take a look at him in one of your last rounds. If you're in a dynasty, get this guy. That's all I got to say. So
0: you're uh, you're uh giving up your strategy already about what catch you're going after. Is that what you're trying to say? That's all I'm saying. All right. I
1: think we're yeah. going to see a lot of high scoring. You got you to pay for more information. That's it. Oh, I got
0: to pay. Yeah. I got to sign up for Subscribe. more. Subscribe, yeah. Click here to read more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think we're going to see a lot of high scoring Blue Jays games this season. I think... It's going to be really exciting to watch this team. I think the fan base is going to come back, that 2015 fan base. It's it's going to take a bit, um, but I think this team is going to be very exciting. This team's got their swagger back for
1: sure, and yeah. I, I'm excited. We're already seeing flashes in the in the spring training here. Yeah, and The season hasn't even started yet. It hasn't even started. April 1st. All right, thank you guys for tuning into another
0: episode. Once again, happy International Women's Day to every strong woman out there.
1: They deserve more praise. Let's give them more praise. All right, guys, have a great week. We'll see you again next week. Thank you for listening to another episode of the
0: Shoot Your Thought Podcast.